want to talk to you this morning for the next few minutes about blessed beyond measure. That's my title. Blessed beyond measure. Anybody in here blessed beyond measure? <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. I, I, I don't know how much of this that I've got that I'm going to use. Um, this may be one of the shortest messages I preach. could also be one of the longest. But... <laughs> But it's just nothing I really have on paper really makes sense right now. Uh, well, not on paper, but on my iPad, whatever that is. Um, I was just thinking, and maybe this is what I just need to do. I just need to talk and, uh, and just kind of share my heart. I remember a few years ago, I say a few years ago, uh, be. 40 years ago, probably. It was, a, it was a Sunday night. Platform was a little different then. It was, uh, it was oval shape coming across here, pulpit set right here. There was a wall that went across here. Um, I was sitting about right here. I had a double neck steel guitar back then. I couldn't play one of them, but I had two necks, steel guitar, and had eight foot pedals. I didn't know what to do with them or the four knee pedals that went with it, but I was sitting right there, and, and Uncle Elam was taking up an offering for something. And I looked over at Donna, and Donna was sitting about where Kimberly's sitting over there, and uh, Donna says, how much? because she had the checkbook. She said, 25. You know, she's mouthing this. She knows I can't read lips, so she does hand signals too. And that was just something bothering me. And I said, shook my head. And I said, 50. She said, because <laughs> she knew what we had. And I, I said, she said, I said, 50. And we, we did this back and forth. Finally, I looked at her and I said, she said, okay. I knew what she was telling me. I knew she was telling me, we don't have it. I mean, we don't, you know, I'm, I'm talking about first few years we were married. We don't have it. Anybody remember how it was when you first got married? And that was back in the 70s. Maybe, no, Keith wasn't born yet. It was, so it was still in the 70s. And I told her, you know, 50, and she wrote the check. Well, on the way home, she said, why did you make me write the check for 50? She said, we don't have 50. I've got this I've got to pay, and I've got that I've got to pay, the light bill and this. She's going down, and I said, I don't know. I was just told, I'm going by what I felt. We, you know, she probably didn't sleep much that night knowing she didn't have enough money now because I told her to give it to the church. Next day, I go to the mall, and I was working at the mall at that time, and I, I remember walking through the mall, and I walked down this freight entrance that we had was straight across from the store. 
And I didn't meet anybody coming in that freight entrance. And I walked out into the freight dock and laying on the ground was some money that was folded up. And I reached down and I picked it up and I knew it was a considerable amount because it would tell the top bill was a 20. And so I counted it and it was $50. Well, I, you know, I didn't even think. I didn't even connect Sunday and then. I ran back into the freight entrance and I mean, I could tell the money had just been laid there. I mean, none of the trucks had run over it. The junk that was on the ground, none of it had sorbed into the money. I mean, it had just been dropped there. And I looked, and there was nobody in the hall. And I come back out quickly, and I looked around, and there was nobody around. I mean, I even walked out in the parking lot, and there, there was nobody out in the parking lot. There were cars, but there was nobody that... I could just say, hey, did you just drop some money? And all of a sudden it hit me. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. So I sit there with that $50 in my hand and I looked up and I said, thank you. I took it home to Donna and yeah, we made a $50 deposit. We sure did. And we had enough to pay everything else. I, I can just, I can stand here all day and just talk to you about the blessings beyond measure. It's Thanksgiving, and in Thanksgiving, we're supposed to give thanks for all of the good things that God has done, and for all the things that he has given to us. But you know, you can't really be thankful until you really know how to let go of what you think is yours. I don't know if you realize what I just said. You know, I've told you on numerous occasions, anything that you think is yours, hold it loosely. Because God may at some point want it. And he may call for it. And I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about your talents, your abilities, your health, your loved ones. I'll never forget probably two or three months before Uncle Leland passed away. The bowling family came out with the project that they, that I believe was one of their last projects. And, in, and on there, there was that song, and it had a hook in it that just really got a hold of me. And it says, love the people that God gives you. In fact, we did a picture memorial around that song for the funeral. Love the people that God gives you. And that was Uncle Leland's, that was just the core of who he was. He loved the people that God gave him. And so I, I, I really thought that's why this song needs to fit. But all of a sudden, the rest of that hook come, and it says, love the people that God gives you because someday he may want them back. That was the sobering line. We've all had those loved ones that, that God has called home. I, um, we're moving into, into, the Dece into December, and Tommy, I remember that's the month your dad went home to be with the Lord. Mr. Ferguson went home to be with the Lord.
I think their funerals were almost back to back. Love the people God gives you because there may come a day he's going to want them back. So I cherish every moment, Brother David, that we all have together. I cherish every moment. I cherish every service that we're all together in. Do you realize as unique as our church family is, there has probably been no service this year that the same identical crowd is here today that was here then. There was, there was somebody that's not here that was here, or maybe there's somebody here that wasn't here back whenever. We may have some close crowds that would be identical to a past crowd, but every crowd's a little different. Who's going to be here? Who's not going to be here? next Sunday things change but we're blessed beyond measure I thank God for my health I, I, I've just got some stories I want to tell you and I remember being at camp meeting and it was the year that Brother Morton Buster and I met became friends and Brother Tenney had put us together. No one knew. My wife didn't even know you. And I've probably told this before, but, but this is back. If Morton was here, he could tell us the exact date. He's not here, so it was somewhere in the 90s, though. And I'd been having some chest pains. Nobody knew that. I hadn't even shared it with Donna. Because I'm, I'm, I'm half Briggs. And, and, and a Briggs attitude is this. If I don't know I, I've got it, then I don't have to deal with it. So I don't go to the doctor to find out anything. I just leave it alone. Of course, that just may be a guy thing, too. I'm not sure. But, <clears throat> but if I don't have a doctor to confirm that I've got a heart problem, then I don't have one. So I don't worry about it. But I've been having chest pains. In that service that night, Brother Tenney gave Brother Buster a few minutes to let him minister to the congregation and I was over at the monitor board which was from the pulpit set over to the left the tabernacle. I was involved in the sound and all that then and Brother Buster said, where's Brother Bruce Maxwell? And Brother Tenney said, he's over your shoulder on your, to your left. Morton whirled, he said, God go through every artery in his body, every vein, open every blockage. From the crown of his head to the soles of his feet, let him be totally healed. And just like that, all the heaviness was gone. It was all taken care of. And I've never had those problems again. Up until just about two, three years ago. And it was on a Thursday morning and I woke up about 5.30 and I just I had that in my chest and, and I had Brother Terry Shock coming in for the weekend and, and we were just it was just too much and I, and I had too much going on couldn't be sick right now 
So I'm sitting there in that chair, and, I, and I'm sure that probably compounded the, the anxiety and everything. It was just probably compounding it all. And I finally just said, God, I can't handle it. I, I've got too much to do. You know what's on the schedule. I can't be sick now. Because I had in my mind, I'm having a heart attack. It was in my mind, I'm having a heart attack. And I knew if Donna called an ambulance, we would, or we'd call anybody, if, especially if she called Keith, there would be an ambulance. And I knew she couldn't call Keith or Michael. Finally, I got her in there and I said, baby, I don't have time for this right now. We got to touch God. God touched me at camp meeting years ago. I need that same touch again. And she took my hand and we, we bombarded the gates of heaven. And in just a moment's time, the pain was gone. It was over. I was weak for, for several days after, so I knew. And God allowed that weakness just to remind me, yeah, there was something going on, but I miraculously touched you. I remember Brother Shorty Munro, major, major health issues. And I'm not going to go through the whole story because I mess it all up. But, but sitting in his recliner, he looks up and just says, God, you can. And he said it was like warm oil whenever God just come over him and immediately healed him of what he was dealing with. We are blessed beyond measure. We are blessed beyond anything that you or I can ever hope for or think of. God has been so good to me. I could never tell it all. I grew up in an environment to where I trusted God with everything. My mom and dad pastored the church at Dry Prong. Dad had two jobs. Mom had one job plus keeping the house. And they did that just so that they could pay the, our home bills and the bills of the church because the church wasn't big enough. I remember when Bentley wasn't big enough and Uncle Elon had a job and Aunt Burnell had a job. And they did it for the same reason is to pay their home bills and then pay the bills of the church. Am I right, sis? The old brown van that we used to have, we ought to kept that thing and, and just made a statue out of it. Lord, we probably spent more money in repairs on that than, than, than it cost to buy it. But, but, but it was our first new van. But we didn't receive an offering for that van because the church at that point couldn't afford a new van. So Uncle Leland calls Everett Ryland up and he orders a van. And it was titled to the Bentley United Pentecostal Church. But Uncle Leland and Aunt Burnell made every payment on that van, the church. You just did things like that. Why? Because God was so good. You already knew that God was going to do 
exceedingly abundantly above anything you could hope for or imagine. You knew that God was going to bless. You knew that there was never going to come a day that God was just going to let you go. You were going to be fine. So everything that you had, you considered it as a gift from God. Everything that, that you thought was yours, you just, okay, if you want it, God, here it is. I remember, I remember the, we'd gone through a hot summer, a very hot summer. We went into a winter and, you know, many times the church couldn't pay to fill the butane tank up at the church and drive wrong. And, and so daddy and mama would, that was why they both were working. They paid it. And as we got ready to go into the next summer, my mom began to remind dad how hot it was the summer before. No, we didn't have air conditioning. There were no ceiling fans. There was, it was just opened the windows and, you know, had some window fans and pulled a little. But, you know, when you're sucking 95-degree air inside with 100% humidity almost, it's just unbearable. Well, we all know about that. Anybody remember Tony's Appliance Center? <laughs> Daddy went to Tony's and And that, that was in a day, we didn't have visas and MasterCard then. They didn't know Daddy from anybody else. Two air conditioners. Probably those air conditioners wasn't even $200 a piece. But they didn't have it. And the church didn't have it. And I remember they put that on a ticket for Daddy. Daddy bought two window units. And the men of the church installed those units. But Mama and Daddy made every payment on those air conditioners. And we were cool that summer. And we thought we were in an uptown church. You say, Brother Bruce, what are you talking about? Folks, we can't forget where we've come from. We can't forget the blessings of God. I remember Don and I arguing over $50. She's saying give 25 and I'm saying give 50. I remember that because $50 made us or would make us or break us. And I've told the story and I'm not going to tell it again about the tank of gas that I wrote the hot check for. I don't recommend that. But God answered. God answered. We can't forget when we didn't have it. Do you remember when $100 would have, would have just, or maybe I should stop, and say, just $25 extra would have been something special. And then you moved into that time where you really thought you were succeeding because if you had to come up with a hundred, you could. And then you get to that place to where if you 
you had to come up with 500, you could. Have you ever stopped to just ask yourself, if I had to come up, if all of a sudden I had to come up with X amount of dollars, can I do it? Between my checking accounts, between savings accounts, between cash I've got in my wallet, between this, that, and the other. Maybe I have to cash something in. But if all of a sudden, if I had to, com and compare it then to where you were back when you first got married. As one of the cigarette commercials says, we've come a long way, baby. We've come a long way. Because I remember those offerings. John, I remember when if you had a $100 check in that offering, if somebody put a $100 check or a $100 bill in that offering, somebody in the church was rich, Lana. Now it's nothing on any given Sunday for there to be checks that you put in that box out there that's over $100. And there's no, it's, it's, there's times when there's just been, they may have been folded up, but there have been two, three, four hundred dollar bills wadded up, dropped in. Those are occurrences that happen every week. Of course, we're still just as broke as we used to be. I mean, it just takes more to operate now than it used to take. No, God forgive me, we're not as broke as we used to be. I've seen those days. We're blessed beyond measure, y'all. When you stop to give God thanks, when you stop this week, and you gather around that table, there's people that are not going to be there that used to be there. The dynamics of the family changes because life goes on. But when you look at what God has laid before you, you will say, oh, we are so blessed. You all drove up to Grandma's house or Mom and Daddy's house in better cars than you used to have. You live in better houses than you used to have. We are blessed beyond measure. I, um, I've not used any of my, my notes. I just wonder sometimes how thankful, though, are we? And I'm, I'm headed to the close. Because I've, I, I sat with a pastor. And he had a man in his office that was extremely disturbed because he felt like he needed to give something and he didn't know what it was going to take for him to give until it hurt. Since he was a wealthy man, he felt like everything pertained to money. And so he came to his pastor and he says, Pastor, I don't know what else to give. What else to do? He said, I could give you $100,000 today. 
He said, next week I can give you another 100,000. And the week after that I can give you another 100,000. He said, I'm not going to miss it. And the day he was telling that to his pastor was in June. And from January to June that year, that man had given over $300,000 in tithes and in offerings. He said, I don't know what God's asking. He said, I don't know what God's asking of me because I have never given until it hurt. He said, I don't even know how much I would have to give in order to give till it hurt. His pastor gave him some good advice. He said, sometimes God's not asking for your money. Sometimes God's asking for that ultimate sacrifice that says, I want you. I don't want you to hold anything back. Chris, it goes along with what you talked about this morning. I want, I want to use you, but you cannot put limits on me and I will bless you beyond your wildest dreams if you will allow it my dream was to be a household name in music my dream was to have hit records and all that and I'm not going through all of that again but when you give him everything and we stood in that service in Waco, Texas, when that tongues and interpretation went forth, and I was headed to the best job I ever had. In the mid-'80s, I was going to be making close to $100,000 a year, almost a $90,000 a year job. And the pastor asked me, he said, I can't, I can't compete with that, but I really need you here. I can pay you $350 a week. I think that comes up to $24,000 a year. You compare that to $90,000. And without going through the whole story, but when the tongues and interpretation went forth, the Lord said, if you will trust me, I will take care of you. And I knew God was talking to us. And I said, yes. And I turned around to my pastor in Waco and I said, I'll take the job here at the church. And we stayed in Waco. And from Waco, we came here. Yeah, I've had a little success in the recording industry. But I'm not a household name. Was almost there several times, but the door would just close. Because this is what God wanted of me. And he said, if you will trust me, I will take care of you. So I've trusted him with everything. And I can tell you at 65, about to turn 66, that I could never be happier than I am right now, being who I am and where I am, doing what I do, because I gave him everything. I'm not saying, to pat, pat, saying that to pat myself on the back. My family sitting here with me, they know they know there have been weeks when there was no there was no check but we said God will provide and God did there's been times that we've done without but yet God was faithful 
And he said, well, Brother Bruce, if God said he was going to take care of you, why did he let you go through times of being without? For the simple fact to let me appreciate the fact that he's provided. And I thank him for it. You know, we come down to the altar and we weep in consecration. And we say, Lord, I give you everything. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you everything. And many times we get up from that moment of, of coming down and surrendering all of the kingdoms of our heart to him. And we walk away a little frustrated. And we really don't know why. Because we came and we poured out our soul at the altar and said, I give you everything. But there has to come a place that we stop and say, okay, I give you everything. What's the first thing you want from me? We can't stop with just the prayer of saying, I give you everything. The next thing you've got, to, the next prayer you have to pray, otherwise you're going to continue that frustrated cycle of going back to that altar and saying, I give you everything. At some point, you're going to have to say, what do you want from me? And when he says, make yourself available to teach a Sunday school class, you better not clam up because you just said, I'll give you everything. If he says, I need you to work in the nursery, you better not, oh, God, you know I can't handle kids. Well, maybe you might not. If you can't handle kids, that wouldn't be a perfect place for you. But but all of a sudden he says, you can sing. You can make yourself available to the choir. But Lord, it's, they practice and they, you know, and I don't have a whole lot of time. You said, Lord, I'll give you everything. And he's never going to ask anything of you that you can't give. I've learned something. How thankful I am can be measured by how willing I am to let go of something. I can say I'm thankful, and right now I could just tell you how about how about about how thankful I am and and and, and it could be lip service. I could convince you and make you believe it. But how willing am I to let go of something? What if this afternoon that there would be a phone call that would come and say, Brother, I, I, I want you to, I don't want you to tell me no, but I want you to pray. But there's a little home missions church in North Dakota in a little no-name town. And I need you to consider going there. Am I willing to say that I will give up Bentley? I, I told him I'd give him everything. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't expect him to call me. and I'm just making an analogy. 
But I'm going to tell you what. If that should happen, I would stand in this pulpit with tears running down my face telling you how much I love you. But we'd pack the car because I told him. He said if, if I would trust him, he would take care of me. If that's where he wants me, if that's where he wants Don and I to finish our life, then that's what I would do. And no, I don't know of a church open in North Dakota, so don't think of, I'm paving the way for that, no. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to let go of? I know after talking about what I've talked about today, we could never be as good to God as he is to us. You know that as well as I do. But here's the thing. Can we be as good to him as we can be? I may not ever be able to be as good to him as he has been to me. Because you can never outgive God. But can we be as good to him as we can be? And I think it's important for us to know today. Life comes and life goes, and I'm done. Things happen, and we have to give thanks. In fact, the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. He says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let me ask you this. Why is it good good to say we give thanks in everything? Because we know according to Romans 8.28 that all things work together for the good of them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. If he asks for it, he's going to use it. And if you need it, he's going to replace it. So in everything you give thanks because you know all things work together for the good. It's a trust issue. We give thanks because we trust God to work all things for our good. If we truly believe that all good and perfect gifts come down from the Father, then what what do we have to fear when we are moved upon by His Spirit to give, to give of ourselves, to give of our abilities, to give of our talents. And yes, even our money should be one of the greatest joys of our life. If we truly give him credit for all of our blessings, then from our perspective, giving of our blessings, giving our blessings away is just another way of him blessing us again. We empty our storehouse for him to fill. Luke 6, 38 says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. If you give him everything, he gives you everything. 
often in our, uh, this is a closing thought. Was it second or third closing? I'm not sure. Often in our Bible verses, I just found some notes that, that does make sense. So that's what I'm trying to work through. So this is often in our Bible verse, in our Bibles, the verse that I just read, Luke 6:38. They're put under a topical heading. Do you know what the topical heading is for Luke 6:38, which is given, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. It's under the topical heading of judge, judging and judging others. Keith, it kind of goes back to what you were talking about on Wednesday night. If you give mercy when you need it, you will receive mercy. And by how much mercy you give is how much mercy you will receive. Of course, mercy is not the only topic that can be applied here. We can also add to this grace, and we can add to this affirmation. We can add to this friendliness. You know, Scripture says if you want friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. And yes, we can even add to Luke 6, 38. We can add money in there. Do you want to be blessed? Give. But I'm going to, tell, I'm going to say this. Don't give your money first. Give yourself first. Give yourself first. And then when you give yourself, he will tell you what he wants from you. And whatever he wants from you, you give it to him. And I promise you, you will never be happier in your life than when you give to him according to his desire. Amen? Father, we give you thanks. We give you thanks on this Sunday prior to our holiday. Before I thank you for blessings, I thank you for the valleys. I thank you for the struggles. I thank you for the trials. I thank you for tribulations. I thank you for the things that have shaped us and molded us. But oh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say thank you for the blessings as well. Thank you for the mountaintops. Thank you for being with us and taking care of us. Thank, thank you for being that friend that's sticking closer than a brother. Thank you for being the peace that passes all understanding because we've all experienced that at one point or other. We didn't know how we would make it to the next day, but we made it. And you're the reason we give you thanks for it. I thank you for the many blessings. I thank you that we're blessed beyond measure. My flesh wants to say, keep blessing us beyond measure. But there's a part of me that says, you know what's good for me. You know what's good for us. So I ask you, whatever's right, whatever's good, 
whatever is needful in the life of the Bentley United Pentecostal Church and the people that are here, whatever's good for us, then let us have that. Because we're going to bless you in return. We'll bless you before you bless us. But we also know we'll never outbless you. You've been so good. And I give you thanks today. I give you thanks today. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for every blessing. In Jesus' name.